whoever helped him is still out there. So we need to find her. She doesn't deserve to get forgotten. October 3rd, 2020. Then President Donald Trump was our 59th president. South Korean sensation BTS had the number one song with Dynamite. Sci-fi thriller Tenant was the number one movie at the box office. And friends of a Clark County woman say she was scared for her life, being stalked by her ex-boyfriend and father of her son. More than three years later, her killer is sitting behind bars, but she is still missing. I'm Cassandra Cepeda, and this is Forgotten. Cassandra Aon, Unfinished Justice. Breakups can be difficult. Most people talk to their BFFs about what went wrong over a glass of wine or a pint of ice cream or two. For others, it's the dramatic move of getting bangs. For 27-year-old Cassandra Aon, it was getting in shape. When she had moved back home um, that year, she lost a lot of weight, got super fit, like was running and walking, working out every day, and she looked amazing. Amanda Reith has been friends with Cassandra since grade school. The two were neighbors and continued to be friends through high school and all of life's milestones. In 2013, she actually was my roommate um, when she found out she was pregnant. Cassandra had a little boy with her then on and off again boyfriend, Jesus Contreras Perez. In 2020, he was 40 and Cassandra was 27. The pair started dating sometime in 2011 or 2012. And to say their relationship was complicated would be a severe understatement. A detailed criminal complaint paints a pretty dark picture filled with mistrust and abuse, both physically and emotionally. She was very private about a lot of stuff and wouldn't really talk about a lot of the stuff going on, but I knew he had a temper. I don't know. She never told me if he like laid a hand on her or anything, but I know things have gotten broken and stuff, so. It was, I don't know, I didn't think it was a very good relationship. She's not alone. Another friend of Cassandra's told police Jesus had left her with bruises and was cheating on her. He told police Jesus's jealousy eventually led to threats to hurt her or hurt others she was hanging out with. Then, theft. In September of 2020, Cassandra's phone and a friend's phone were stolen from her car at a quick trip. She made a report about that and while the cops were taking that report she had asked them about a restraining order then because she was like i know who did it and they said oh you don't have enough proof as i listened to amanda she was honest she did not approve of cassandra and jesus's relationship she wanted her friend to be happy to be cared for to be loved the way cassandra cared for others i asked amanda what kind of friend was cassandra here's what she said Sassy, <laughs> very funny, um, just loving, caring. She's like the friend that would like cook for you or like bring you over like a cake or something she baked. Like, she was very caring and thoughtful that way. One day in early October, Amanda decided to return the favor, keeping in mind Cassandra's new healthy lifestyle. I made her like a healthy snack that was still like chocolatey and stuff, and she stopped by and picked it up. And then she was talking about how um, excited she was to go this, to this party this weekend. And I was like, oh, all your coworkers, I'm not going to know anyone, but I'll go with you. It was the last time she would get to hang out with her best friend. October 2nd, 2020 was a Friday. 
Cassandra had a shift at Marathon Cheese in Marathon City, which is about a 45-minute drive from her home in Loyal. After work and around 11 that night, she traveled south to pick up a friend in Unity. To make it a little easier to follow, I'm going to call him Friend A. Later, the pair stopped at a gas station around 11.22, then drove to Marshfield to hang out at Friend B's home, arriving at 12.11 a.m. I know there's a lot of traveling involved, so we've included a map at WSAW.com. While at Friend B's house, the three made plans to go shopping in Eau Claire on Saturday. At 2 o'clock in the morning, Friend A and Cassandra left Marshfield to go back to Unity. That was around 2.45, 3 a.m. Fast forward one hour. Friend A says he watched Cassandra get in her car and drive away at about 3.45 or 4 o'clock in the morning. That was the last time anyone would ever report seeing Cassandra alive. The next day, as planned, Friend A and B called and messaged her. But all of them went unanswered. Remember, she had plans to go shopping, and later that night, she was supposed to go to a party with Amanda. So, um, that Saturday I had messaged her and I was like, are you still wanting to go tonight? And she didn't respond and it was on Messenger, so it had like the little delivery thing and it never delivered to her phone. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, maybe she's already there and she doesn't have service or maybe her phone's off and she's sleeping. And then the next morning, I noticed it still hadn't delivered, so I sent her another message and said, I'm worried, and it still didn't deliver. I drove by her house and saw her car wasn't home. So then that's when I reached out to her mom and asked if she'd seen her, and she said no, and I was like, can you call the police? Cassandra's mom and stepdad called police to report her missing. Our detective division had uh, conducted the investigation in the case, um, and I assisted oversee the overall investigation. That's Detective Kerry Kern with the Clark County Sheriff's Office. His office was assisted by the State Division of Criminal Investigation, Department of Justice, and Marathon County. Pretty early on, it was clear Cassandra was in trouble. There's no indication that she had just left on her own or disappeared. She had a busy social life, friends and family who loved her, a son who she would do anything for, and a job she really enjoyed. She wouldn't just walk away. It was unlike her to just up and leave and not tell anybody where she was going. On Sunday, October 4th, police started interviewing the last people who were with Cassandra and retracing her movements. Police say they drove the same routes she did the night before and didn't see any evidence of a possible crash, thinking maybe Cassandra got into an accident going home. They also learned after speaking with friends A and B that the whole night they were together, Cassandra was freaked out. They say she was constantly shutting off lights, checking out windows, and told them her ex-boyfriend Jesus had even followed her to work. Unfortunately, this wasn't news to Amanda. She had seen firsthand just how frightened Cassandra was of Jesus. That week, weekend before, I was over at her house and she was telling me about how she was scared and like, she was always constantly, like, looking out of her windows, like, scared, like, he was out there watching her. And she told me he had made threats to her about how he could make her disappear and no one would ever find her. And she didn't know what to do. We had talked about, like, 
a restraining order. She said that she had talked to a cop and he said that it wasn't, she didn't have enough proof. And so she didn't know what to do. I'd gotten her pepper spray, but she said she didn't feel comfortable using it. She didn't know how to use it. Monday afternoon, police went to Jesus's work. He worked on a farm and did some vet work at Johnson Creek Dairy in Mosinee. His boss told police Jesus lived on the property and Cassandra had two until the two broke up a few weeks prior. When police were there, his boss said Jesus went into town to run an errand, but that she expected him back in a few hours. However, if police were suspicious of Jesus before, the heat really turned up when his boss called police on Tuesday saying Jesus never came back to the farm and that it was unusual for him. Instead, cell phone records place him in Minnesota and Iowa. And I'm afraid I don't know any more about that. It's not because I don't want to tell you, it's because I really don't know. And the sheriff's office won't elaborate. Here's why. There are, there are a lot of things that I'd, our agency is keeping close to the best for the integrity of the ongoing investigation, as this case is still open and she's still missing. Um, and we're still conducting, actively conducting follow-up on this case. A criminal complaint says it wasn't until later Tuesday that police pulled him over in Mosinee, driving a maroon Ford Explorer that he had recently bought from a friend. A vehicle with a similar description would later be identified as being seen at the mobile home park where Cassandra was last seen leaving Unity on October 3rd. The same vehicle was seen on surveillance video at Cassandra's job during her last shift, and about four hours later, a guy wearing the same clothes he was wearing was seen walking through the parking lot. If you're wondering where their child is during all of this, it was a question I had too. Cassandra and Jesus didn't have a legal agreement to share custody, but the weekend of October 2nd through the 4th was the first time Jesus was supposed to have the child the entire weekend. Instead, Cassandra's parents say the boy was dropped off at approximately 7.50 p.m. at the end of their driveway. I'm not sure which day, and I'm not sure who dropped him off. The criminal complaint didn't specify. Her parents say Jesus always walks the child to the door and talks with them, but that night, Jesus's teenage daughter was the one who showed up with the little boy. A deep dive in Jesus's Google history revealed at the end of September, he had searched for things like how to make a silencer, any digital footprint of Cassandra's when silent the night she was last seen, and the last banking data was recorded during her stop at a gas station on October 3rd. So by now, I think you can see where this is headed. On May 21st, 2021, a year later, Jesus was charged with stalking. One month after that, the county added first-degree murder and hiding a corpse. Following a five-day trial in June of 2022, a jury found him guilty on all counts. He's currently serving a life sentence in the Green Bay Correctional Institution. Now, you might think, that's it. Case closed. But you'd be wrong. Because she is missing and there could potentially be other suspects out there, it's still an open, active case. Clark County District Attorney Melissa Inlow is quoted saying, although a life sentence is justice for Cassandra and her family, we will continue to search for Cassandra and Mr. Contreras Perez's accomplices. I asked what evidence they had to suggest more people played a part in Cassandra's disappearance, but Captain Kern declined to answer. I can't answer what we are currently working on or what we are looking into, um, just because of 
you know, the sensitivity of the case and the leads that we're working on. Um, divulging that could be detrimental to the case. But when I asked Amanda, she didn't hesitate. He can't drive two vehicles. Like, he had to have someone at least drop him off there or drive her vehicle. I think he got in her car when she was at her friend's house and was waiting in there because he had an extra key fob. So I'm thinking he was in her car and she always had the dome lights off when you'd open the car door. Like I hated it because I always had to turn my flashlight on to like try to find my stuff whenever, whenever I'd leave. And so I know she always had her dome light off. So it'd be so easy for him to like hide in the back seat or in the trunk and just pop the back seat down. And I think that's what he did from there. No one knows. But that's not true. Someone knows what happened, or at least pieces of information that could help investigators learn the truth. The sheriff's office hasn't talked to Jesus since he started his sentence. And honestly, I don't think he'd help even if they did ask. He's currently appealing the court's ruling and denies being responsible for Cassandra's death. But maybe someone listening right now knows something. To just think of her son. Like, he deserves closure. Her family deserves closure. Like, we deserve to bring her home so she can get laid to rest peacefully. Which means now is the time to come forward. It's never too late to tell what you know. And Cassandra's family deserves the truth, the whole truth. I want her son to grow up and not remember how much of a loving person she was. <laughs> how much she cared. I don't think there's a chance in this world that Cassandra's loved ones would let that happen. Cassandra, you have not and will not be forgotten. Cassandra Aeon is described as a Hispanic female, 5'4 and 185 pounds. She drives a 2015 black Chevy Impala with Wisconsin license plates of AHZ2509. Cassandra was last seen wearing a black long sleeve shirt, blue jeans, and brown boots. We actually have a picture of her from that day on our website. Go check it out. If you have any information about this case, you are asked to call the Clark County Sheriff's Office at 715-743-3157. And if you or someone you know is a victim of domestic violence, there is help. Call the Women's Community for 24-7 confidential help at 715-842-7323. Call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 or text START to 88788.